0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now
1: at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Time now for the Yahoo Sports College
0: Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Considering hot dogs are often pork, how diabolical (laughs) is it that pigs like hot dogs? This is (laughs) your coffin, buddy.
2: Pete Thamel. The LSU fan base would be
1: very excited to see me on six Street <laughs> so they could they could break a Shiner bottle over my head. And Pat Forty. If you're on a plane with me and you have an emotional support animal, just know there's a little thought bubble over my head saying, I hate you. Okay? <laughs> and here's Dan. All right, welcome. I'm Dan Wetzel, joined by Pete Damel, Pat
0: Forty. Special welcome to all our listeners down in Florida, Georgia, Carolinas, wherever uh, this hurricane is threatening. Screw that thing. Hope it goes away. Stay, stay. I don't know how people deal with that. I'd be petrified of that thing. I think the fear would be worse. Well, it wouldn't be worse than the actual result, but I guess they get hardened and just handle it. But I couldn't. So hope you make it. Sucks. Destroying the Bahamas. Hopefully it gets out to sea. All right, we've got tons of football to talk about. Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, a LSU, Tex, tons of stuff. We also have some animal uprisings that we need to keep you all abreast of. You will in our, in our ongoing saga of trying to remain the the top species, at least in this country. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a good goal. Uh, but first, some major developments in the Popeye story, because uh, as, <laughs> if you listened dude. last week, you know. Pat was able to get a Popeye sandwich in part because of his his. Fame in Louisville
2: (laughs) could be some infamy there too. So I couldn't even get
0: one of the Popeye's in Detroit to open. They wouldn't even open the store. They were so overwhelmed. And then since then Popeye's has basically said, we're no, we have no more chicken and we're coming back in October. They just, (laughs) I don't know some big failure. However, that is not stopping people from just going crazy with this Popeye's chicken, including a group of people, an armed group of people, in Houston, did not take the announcement that there would be no chicken sandwiches October. Well, this is according to KTRK television. An armed group of people rushed the door of a Popeye's chicken restaurant (laughs) in Southeast Houston Monday, demanding chicken sandwiches. (laughs) The police were called to the restaurant. Uh... Employees told ABC 13 a mob of two women, three men, and a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Was the baby packing too? I don't know. It's Texas, man. You know, yeah, you right? gotta, it's entirely I mean, possible. Yeah, God given right. Second <laughs> Amendment. <laughs> they were told at the drive-thru, the chicken sandwiches sold out. They that triggered them, no pun intended. Mm. All right. Uh, look, people, <laughs> I want the chicken sandwich as much as you. I really do. <laughs> but I'm just a little like little forethought. I'm I'm guessing. I don't know personally, but the lunch menu. In the in the county jail does not include Popeye sandwiches. The way to get a Popeye sandwich is not going to jail with your baby.
1: Pat, was the sandwich that good? I mean, I'd say maybe it's worth a knife. I don't know. If it's worth a gun, you know. I mean, if you're going to arm yourself, I, I you know, I'm not sure I could go all the way to like you know fully fully arming. You know, I I, I think I would draw a line there so but this is fascinating we've got a militia we've got a militia <laughs> out there going after popeye's sandwiches this is did they have bayonets yeah.
0: <laughs> they're they're looking there is reports of these guys one has a you'd be surprised to know has a tattoos on his face oh, okay. okay that's probably hmm, not boy. also someone who has got a lot of foresight in how things <laughs> decisions will turn out houston uh lieutenant larry cross Croson. Says it's probably they would probably be charged with aggravated assault because they just threatened the employees. So you're going to prison for a. <laughs> I mean, you're in the you're in the yard, right, at the prison yard. <laughs> okay, and I watch a lot of lockup raw. And that, you know, what you in here for, buddy? Oh, uh, murder. You know, had to kill this guy. What are you in for? Well, I just really wanted the Popeye chicken sandwich one day.
1: And, <laughs> I mean, come on. took my colt 45 in (laughs) just wait till
0: october like the rest we do not need street the the popeye workers are stressed they do not need how about going there and be like not all right While if you don't have the chicken sandwich just give us all your
1: money no they didn't want the money (laughs) 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 wasn't even a robbery they just wanted their chicken but here's what i don't understand guys is this this has got to be some sort of extended marketing ploy nobody literally runs out of chicken for like five weeks right I mean there's a lot of chickens in America they seem to have done a fine job of getting them and turning them into biscuits and tenders and stuff like that surely they can get the chicken breasts but what are they holding out for you know uh, it's just to make sure everybody gets the app or what you know the 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 Popeye's chicken app and then you order via that I don't I don't know but there's something here beyond we're out of chicken. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Whenever when the chicken comes back, it's just going to be a mad rush, and these Hell idiots yeah. are going to be sitting in the clink,
2: eating a, a bad bologna sandwich. <laughs> Stupid. I, I did send the article on our uh, on our group text. That it is a very specific kind of chicken breast, Pat, and they're out of it. Ooh. There are no more. It was a it was a New York Times article. As boring as possible, in quintessential <laughs> New York Times fashion, dove deep into the actual chicken breast that has made this Popeye sandwich as a sensation. And they ordered aggressively, and they came up massively short. Like it's not a good week in the office of like the Popeye Chicken ordering guys. Like that wing <laughs> of the cubicles there, it,
1: Wait, it can't be say, can't be pleasant. Well, we need two point four million chickens, and then when those yes. are gone, we can't get another two point four million. I I I don't understand the risk of too much information some people you know the prison food may be okay i have an uncle in law who ended up in the clink on the other side of the country and everybody's asking him you know how was it yeah three squares a day it wasn't bad at all so you know he was fine with the prison food maybe (laughs) these folks would be as well three hots and a cot yeah you gotta
0: you know i mean could be worse um all right second (laughs) most ridiculous moment of the popeye chicken thing in the last week uh, a Chattanooga, Tennessee man, and I will call him uh, a, a brother in arms because I may <laughs> join up in this, is suing the fast food chain Popeyes for running out of its chicken sandwiches. Craig Barr, his suit, uh, accuses the company of false advertising, advertising deceptive business practices and causing him to waste, quote, countless time driving to and from local <laughs> chains to find the sandwich. OK, this, now this guy's got multiple problems here, but his main quote is, I can't get happy. I have this. <laughs> I can't think straight. It just consumes you. Now, you know, those like they're talking about having these red flag laws like you can, they can take your gun away if you exhibit. Huh? Like uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know whether they have those in Tennessee, but I might recommend Craig Barr being someone <laughs> yeah, so, put him on a watch list for sure. Put a, yeah, no, no fly at least. I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking a political stance on this, but if that statute exists, I'm a little worried about this guy while traveling to the highway 58 location in Chattanooga, a tire on his car blew and he cracked a $1,500 rim. Uh, it's got nice uh, rims. Um, he fixed the tire and went to get his sandwich. Only be told he had to come back after the weekend. Okay, so he's suing for that damages to his rim while driving to. I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think that's going to (laughs) work. He then found a Craigslist ad for a from a man claiming he had a friend who worked at Popeye's. The worker had supposedly stashed some sandwiches in a walk in (laughs) freezer. Come on. And the Craigslist seller could get bar a sandwich that was being held in the back of the Broad Street location in Chattanooga. So we have a black market. (laughs)
2: <laughs> someone get someone get christian dawkins to chattanooga yeah, he can right. start running chicken sandwiches so oh. bar
0: bar met with the man behind the restaurant on monday <laughs> handing him 25 dollars five dollars for the sandwich and 20 dollars for the troubles <laughs> <laughs> come on the, the man allegedly went into the store and never came back Uh, Imagine that. Bar went inside after realizing what happened. He said the guy went out the other door. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, quote. (laughs) This genius.
2: Oh my God. I got scammed.
1: Unquote.
2: (laughs) Gee, you think? (laughs) So so maybe maybe Craig Bar's onto something, Dan. Maybe to distract the state of Tennessee from their Mm god-awful hapless football program, they start a statewide class action suit. And everybody jumps on board, and they can just ignore the entire 2019 football season in Tennessee and take their anger out on Popeyes <laughs> and do the world a favor and get everyone some happiness and get everybody their chicken sandwiches.
1: Well, Maybe. honestly, that's what it, when, he's, when the, we had the quote, I can't get happy, I was thinking, this guy definitely is speaking for an entire yes. state. There's no yes. doubt about it. Yeah, Tennessee a- is the depths of misery right now. They can't get their chicken, and their football team lost to Georgia State. Credit to the uh, Chattanooga Times free press who's covering this thing.
0: Early Pulitzer <laughs> oh,
2: oh, attention. Absolutely. They're staked out in the back of the Broad Street location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I will like, be
1: riveted. I'm, I'm going to get the uh, notifications for updates on my phone so I can keep up with this one. <laughs> Craig Barr, I
0: mean, I appreciate the fight. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I may join up. Maybe a class action. We'll
2: see. We'll see. Have he it could be happy. an early, early podcast man of the year candidate. Yeah, he's
0: taken. <laughs> he's he's better than mind. the idiot. Better than the idiots that are trying to hold up a store for chicken that has no chicken.
1: <laughs> they don't have any chicken. What do you? You can shoot them. What are they going to do? Right. <laughs> if you have, the, the militia cannot create chicken out of nothing. So Popeye workers
0: are very talented. I, you know, tip my cap to them. They're they're very duress situation. They're working, but yeah. they can't make a chicken sandwich when they don't have the chicken. So. Anyway, we'll get to more ridiculousness later. Uh, I want to start with this this week because I think it has the potential for absolutely the best storyline of the season going forward. Uh, Jalen Hurts versus Nick Saban. And Mm. right now there is no rivalry, but we will stir crap up and pretend there is one (laughs) because that is what we do here in the Yahoo Sports College podcast. Hurts, of course, 26-2 as a start at Alabama, won a national title, ends up losing his job. Good soldier stuck around, helped the tie get back to a title game. Everything right. Credit to him. He's terrific. Transfers to Oklahoma. Game one in the Lincoln-Riley offense. Pete, you were there. Six TDs, 508 yards offense, Sooners roll over Houston. It was clear that Tua was better than Jalen when they were both in Tuscaloosa. I don't know that it's clear that Tua in Tuscaloosa is better than Jalen in Norman. And I... Want a Bama OU playoff game to find this out. <laughs> now the fun part: Nick Saban was asked about Jalen on Monday, and asking Nick Saban about a player who is not on his team is is fraught with with risk. So i I don't know who said it, who asked, but good for them. Nick took the took the high road pretty much.
1: I didn't see the game last night. We work on Sunday nights, but um, you know I hear he played extremely well. Uh, did a outstanding job. And, you know, that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Uh, and we're really happy for him, uh, not only in the way that he handled himself throughout this entire process, but now that he's having success as well.
0: OK, this very Belichickian, Saban, same book, like West Virginia coaching, quote, quote book they hand out in like the seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> Borderline passive aggressive though. I didn't see the. I'm too busy to be watching that game. Like, and we were so busy. We work Sunday nights here. Like, there's no TVs in the Bama facility. <laughs> Nobody had the game on nowhere. Really? Is that the bu- the bubble is so tight that on Sunday night, I think we're like two weeks away from from Tua having like an 800 yard game. I mean, not Tua. Uh, Jalen having like an 800 yard game, and 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 then someone asking saban and he going where it will go to oh i'm only talking about guys on my team he's not here anymore i don't know i don't know what's
1: up i'm not keeping up with that player that it'll be he'll be he'll be that player soon enough.
0: how happy is nick saban really about all this or he just does not want this distraction and how great would a a bama oklahoma game be
1: yeah oh it'd be it would be fantastic i mean you, you want you want to talk about storylines for days uh that would provide it and you know the one thing that in this i think will will get under Saban's skin a little bit if it continues, if he keeps throwing up these big numbers and people are like, well, you know, if you really want to be a great quarterback, you go to Oklahoma. You know, Saban's offense, they, they just can't do it quite as well as we can at Oklahoma. And when you get to that point, then then it's a little bit more of a, uh, a chippy situation. You know, it was amazing. I will never forget, actually, after, you know, Tua threw the bomb that won that game and bailed them out and Hurts coming out of the locker room in mercedes-benz stadium and just class as all can be posed for pictures with some people talked you know did everything i mean like this, the guy's just had his career yanked out from under him and he handled it so well and he gets on the bus i followed him all the way to the bus and then you know Kurt came out later he went back to the hotel and cried with his parents because he knew the writing was on the wall there so the way he handled that was remarkable the way he handled last season was remarkable. He stayed with the team and he was ready when they needed him. And boy, did they need him against Georgia in the SEC championship game. And now he's getting his reward. I mean, he's, he's been plugged into this amazing offensive vehicle. He can talk more about what he saw there, but you know, it's, it's uh it's a fantastic story. And yeah, the fact that both these teams very much figured to be in it down the wire, this, this is going to be really fun to watch. First of all, I mean, Dan, Alabama's playing New Mexico State this weekend.
2: So, of course, on Sunday night, six days before the game, you couldn't have a television screen on in the Alabama football facility to watch one of your former players who helped you win a national championship debut. That would just be – I mean, you know how much New Mexico State you need to be watching on Sunday night, <laughs> six days before your game? So, yeah, I was lucky enough to be in Norman on uh, on Sunday night. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts is unbelievable. I have my column written at halftime. Like, he was just – he was unstoppable, and it was a blast. Like, every possession, it's like, what's Lincoln Riley going to do next? They're going to run counter. They're going to run QB draw. They're going to run every type of, you know, deceptive passing route possible. I mean, the receivers were all open by 10 yards. Now, look, Houston is not a defensive juggernaut, but really there aren't really defensive juggernauts in the Big 12 anyway. I just think, like, that situation per percolates with such possibility for what Jalen Hurts can end up becoming. He looked like a distinctly better quarterback than any time we saw him at Alabama. And he was 26 and two and the sec player of the year. And I can really only think as he gets more comfort in that offense, there are certainly a multitude of weapons. CeeDee Lamb, he was literally open by 10 yards. So like, you ever hear, like, oh, he's 10 yards behind the defense? When you saw that CeeDee Lamb touchdown pass in the second quarter, I, like, did the replay and freeze framed it. CeeDee Lamb's catching the ball at the 10-yard line. The nearest defensive back is on the 20-yard line. So, look, there, Lincoln Riley clearly has a gift and is clearly a step ahead right now in college football. What, what happens next? Like, I can't wait to see it.
0: I do think re- recruiting-wise this could be a big thing
2: because – Yes, it does give Oklahoma the
0: I mean, Oklahoma's putting guys at number one in the draft and Alabama. The one thing, you know, it's like that crazy stat like Alabama hasn't had a, a guy win a playoff game in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and for I can't A.J. McCarron, I think, played one. I don't think he, he was in Cincinnati and win. Um, yeah. They never win. <laughs> oh, you're going to hang that on A.J. But <laughs> interesting that not that anyone ever really thought. Alabama was always getting the best quarterback because they didn't. They rarely do. Although, you know, obviously Jalen was great and two was great. So, I don't know. Very, very interesting development. All right, a little bit more on uh, FSU's collapse Saturday against Boise State. And this came out in coaching comments, uh, the press conference or whatever, radio show, whatever this was. Obviously, FSU blew a big lead, scored no second-half points. That led Willie Taggart, their coach, to theorize the issue may have been a lack of hydration during the week that led to a lot of cramping. Of his players quote i think going through last weekend and seeing our guys go down and cramping one thing we talked about with our medical staff is our guys got to hydrate uh that can't be on friday that can't be on thursday need to hydrate early in the week and take care of their bodies we can't leave it up to our players just to do it we've got to force them to hydrate and take care of themselves i don't know if we did a good job of that last weekend one of those sessions where you live and learn and we'll make sure we Help our guys when it comes to that. Uh, I love Williard as a guy. I really do. Uh, and I love honesty in the media. But this is probably not something you you want to say out loud. Two things. One, if they have to hydrate all week, that means they can't go out drinking. So what's the point of even playing college football?
2: Especially at Florida State.
0: Thirsty Thursday in Tallahassee is a real thing, man. It's a real thing. But second, how the hell is FSU of all places they live in the, in the in the most humid spot you've ever been in your life, Tallahassee. <laughs> how does the medical staff of SNFU not know this? Like, I get it. <laughs> if the Boise people who are coming from a desert, a high desert in Idaho, did not have their players prepared because they're like, wow, we had no idea you could even get this humid. <laughs> we grow potatoes. <laughs> how the hell has FSU been good all these years? They don't know how to hydrate. Their, I, what, what is this story? Pete, what do we got here?
2: Well, not only that, they are also running the single fastest offense in college football. So you hire Kendall Bryles, who has run essentially more plays than anyone as an offensive coordinator in football. It's hyper tempo, Baylor, vertical routes, tempo, 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 tempo to to the death, literally to their, you know, it it undid them at the end of that game because they were getting mauled off the line because they they were tired. And so if you hire Kendall Bryles and you have eight months to prepare for this game, and you do not have the foresight to hydrate your team <laughs> properly before that game. That is just like a red flag of incompetence that Willie Taggart waved there. I'm sorry, but that, that is just – yeah, and you're right. Like, messing it up is bad. Saying it out loud is even worse.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is uh, – I. I yeah, that may be the case, but you think, exactly, you say that and you're like, wait a minute, okay, how is, how's the team from Idaho better prepared to handle Labor Day weekend than the team from Tallahassee playing in its in its home stadium? Uh, fairly amazing for sure. Uh, but, yeah, look, Boise ran 108 plays on Saturday, the most anybody's run in a week one game in a while. And that's the thing. If, if you're going to play the Bryles st- style – you better be getting first downs, uh, and if you're not, if you're just three and out, three and out, three and out, uh, and your defense is getting run off the field, guess what? It's only going to get worse. So they might have bad teammates there. To use the Tom Herman uh, mm. urine uh, uh, spe- spectrum, where you know you're a good teammate if your urine is clear because you're hydrating properly. Otherwise, you're letting down the team. And clearly, we need we need the, the urine spectrum to arrive in Tallahassee so we can check that out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I believe the lowest notch on the urine scale is you're a bad guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not just a bad teammate, a bad you're human. Bad bad you're a bad guy. You're a bad teammate
2: on the second lowest level, <laughs> all right? But you're a bad guy if your urine is a certain shade.
1: Yeah, potentially somebody who would, like, take a gun into a Popeye's. Yep. <laughs> all
0: right, a couple of huge games this weekend we should get to. Um, uh, Texas A&M is, is visiting Clemson. Uh, obviously. Uh, Clemson is a uh, significant favorite, 17 and a half. We'll make a picks later in the uh, race for the case. But this is a just a terrific opportunity in year two for Jimbo Fisher and AM to make a, a significant statement. For Clemson, it's winner. They could probably lose and still make the playoff. But, um, you know, there's only one thing with Clemson at this point, win every game. Uh, but for AM, and it feels just like a massive opportunity to, to stake some claim. People are, there's been a lot of hype about uh, Texas there's been a lot of hype about a lot of other teams in the SEC. Uh, what do you think Am can do this weekend and and because Jimbo has won a national championship he's a good coach championship coach uh i he did not inherit an empty cupboard in at am like recruiting was always good always will be good at Texas am there's no reason I mean it's smack dab in the middle of Texas they got every known facility
1: you could imagine but what what do you make of this game and how important is it for the Aggies it's you know it's a, it's a huge opportunity for A&M and it's the kind of game yeah I mean look you're, you 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 a guy 75 million dollars over 10 years to uh to 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 get your program to the point where you can win these games they almost beat him in college station last year now uh Trevor Lawrence hadn't been fully plugged in at that point he was still coming off the bench even though I think everybody thought he was a better quarterback than Kelly Bryant but it was they remember there was a a bad pass interference call or no call or something like to that effect. I think Pete was at that game that went in Texas or in, in Clemson's favor there, but they played them very well. And that, I think that Clemson team might be better than this Clemson team. We'll see in the be all end all, but the, the, the defense I think was better. So yeah, big, big opportunity. And they've got some players. Kellen Mond didn't do a whole lot in the first game, but he didn't really have to. So if he, plays the way he was at times last year at quarterback, they they're they're gonna be explosive, and we'll see whether they're good enough defensively to handle all the weapons Clemson throws at them. Pete, what do you think?
2: I agree about the opportunity for AM here, and I don't think this ends up being like a a, a blowout. Clemson certainly is upgraded at the quarterback position since they were rotating Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence in the uh in the game in college station last year. But I think AM is a program has taken a step forward. I think they're much better defensively. I think Kellen Mon now has settled into that starting role and is really going to emerge as, a, as an SEC star as, as we go forward. And I do think there is just going to be some inherent regression defensively for Clemson just because of all the caliber of players they lost. I don't think it's going to be a huge step back. But – I would be stunned if Clemson just came out and rolled AM 42 to nothing. I just think there's too much talent on the AM roster for that to happen. So I think that that'll be a fun little game. I don't think Clemson is going to lose. Certainly diff, you know, one of the most difficult places to play. They they have juiced that environment up at Clemson to be unbelievable. I remember that Louisville game three years ago, back when Louisville wasn't this sort of like dead carcass of a program and uh, Lamar Jackson had them running. That was one of the most loudest the, the loudest and most like visceral environments like where you could feel the crowd impact. Acting a game, and I imagine this is really the only good home game on Clemson's schedule this year. So I'd imagine that place is just going to be jacked on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I just I just look at AM and I think it's just great opportunity because if you lose, it's not like this disaster. It's this just, just kind of exact game you want as uh as in your second year. Like everyone's going to be watching. Clemson's number one. You're on the road. You really aren't expected to win, but if you do, or you keep it close, little like last year, kind of made a statement. I just look at AM as if they get their th- get it all together. It's one of the few programs that can truly jump into that top 5 if they get it together. Now they've been trying to get it together for like 40 years. But it's all <laughs> it's all there, right? Like it's it's all there. All you got to do is have it happen. And they've got they've, they've got the coach, they put the money in, they have spent every dollar you could possibly spend. Uh, on facilities and everything, and so here you go statement opportunity all right, the other huge one this weekend is l s u visiting Texas in Austin. Now these two scrap in recruiting, obviously not in the same conference, but there's a lot of it's not a traditional rivalry uh, I think somebody at texas they're they're arguing over who is the real defensive back university. It kind of seems <laughs> kind of lame. <laughs> Like long snapper you. Let's have that one. DBU. <laughs> we're DB. Okay. <laughs> uh, two things. Uh, but the hate here seems to be ramping up. Like uh, there's a little bit of real hate for a game that doesn't get played anymore. And then the second one is LSU fans descending on Auburn on, 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 Austin. I'm sorry. Um Is this the biggest party game of the year? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I, I just think, you know, you give LSU a LSU fans a road forum like Austin, Texas, and just forget about it. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna drink the town dry. I, I really, I really am excited to see and feel this weekend the LSU fans like I have a feeling they're gonna start showing up on Wednesday. Like, (laughs) and I think what's really fun about this, too, is that there's some really good, like, animosity towards these programs. Like, the old LSU AD came out yesterday saying he preferred Ed Orgeron over Tom Herman. And, like, there's just enough crossover in coaching search, in recruiting. And uh, there's certainly quite a bit of institutional ego at both places amongst the fan bases where, like, this sets the stage for, like, a good 12 months of hype for next year's game in Baton Rouge. So – I am, like, all in on this LSU Texas series being sort of one of the defining mile markers of the next two seasons, and it will be a lot of fun. But in terms of pure drinking, I would think, like, LSU is, like – you know, that, like that Oklahoma team that won like 60 whatever straight games back in like the back in the 50s or whatever. Like, I, I think the LSU fan base right now is just miles ahead drinking wise <laughs> of everybody else. And uh, you're basically like, you know, it's like giving the best coach a five star quarterback. You're giving them the proper forum in Austin, Texas um, to completely go and drink the town dry and then brag about it after. So I, I think that is that is the by far and away the subplot of the weekend.
1: Well, if only we had a reporter in Austin to get out on Sixth Street with them and chronicle what's going on. Hmm. Do we have one of those? Where, where are you, where are the, you the right LSU now, fan, Pete? The LSU fan base would be
2: very excited to see me out on Sixth Street. <laughs> so they could, they could break a shiner bottle over my
1: head.
0: <laughs> That's a Texas beer. They won't drink that. They got to drink <laughs> their beers,
2: right? Abita.
0: Yeah, or they'll yeah. drink a beta. You got to stock up a Abita if you're in Austin. They will not drink Austin Drive. By the way, they'll try. I don't th- I don't think you can. Can you? We thought remember we did a bit on this could they drink yeah. Provo dry? Right. Yeah. Or or West Provo, Point. Those West are the only Point. two college yeah. towns we thought they could do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so uh, no. I I I think Austin will stand tall and withstand the the assault <laughs> of the uh of the Tiger Nation, but Remember uh, no. the Alamo. Remember the <laughs> Alamo, right? <laughs> it's uh no, it's going to be I think it's going to be great. And the, yeah, the thing that that intrigues me here, are these these are two schools that very very much want to consider themselves amongst the elite but they haven't been in the playoff club and they really haven't been in the mix for a national championship for 8 years for LSU for 10 years for Texas so it's been a while the winner of this game starts thinking hey we can get we can get back in the club the loser you're not out of the club but the winner's like hey this could be our year and i do i love the the fact that it's on campus you know, and this is a home and home. You don't have moments like when Baker Mayfield planted the flag in Ohio Stadium. That doesn't happen in some antiseptic uh, NFL stadium. You know, in front of a, a neutral crowd. If it if it does happen, nobody remembers it. Here, LSU wins and they go out and dance on Bevo's head out there. You know, the 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 midfield <laughs> logo. Whoa, that's going to be something. Yeah, this is. Uh, thank God they didn't schedule this thing like two games in Houston or
0: one in Houston yeah. and one in.
2: In Ireland Jerry World was, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: begging to have happen. We we don't knew that. I, you know, you make a good point about the LSU fans arriving early. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know a fan base that has fans with more money who don't seem to work. They, have, <laughs> LSU, they do.
1: Like They show up days in advance. Yeah. In
0: like $350,000 RVs. Like, <laughs> like, how is this working? <laughs> How are you guys free all week to roll in in a half a million dollar RV and party for the week? I mean, God bless you. But what's the secret?
1: If I, like, I lived I need- in uh, Baton Rouge, I'd get to Austin as soon as possible. Oh, <laughs>
0: wow. Wow. Put down there. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss the actual game when we get to, uh, to race for the case. I, I find that to be the, uh, the exciting. So good job, Pete, grabbing the plum assignment of the week. Although you can't. It sucks because you, 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 I guess you get drunk Friday night, but you can't, you know, Saturday. I'll you
2: know. be busy working for Yahoo Sports, Dan, because I'm yeah. a good builder. That's right. Be a builder. I want to know
1: <laughs> how many LSU fans on 6th Street Thursday and on Friday. If we don't get that information, what the hell's the point? That's work. That is would work. Like to, would you like me to count them, Pat? Yes. yes. <laughs> count One, them, two, interview them, drink three. with them. I think absolutely it's what we got to do. <clears throat> um, Ask them about Will Wade's strong-ass offer.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, they still mad at us for that? Yeah, of course. So, i like when fans get
2: mad at you stuff know, that gets said in in court or something you know like I, i'll give the lsu fans credit on that one they, oh. they didn't really push back a lot no they kind of
1: kind of like they're kind of like yeah he got caught you. you know oh, like, eh. i don't, eh. don't eh. know brother i don't you you, you I, might I, need to be getting my emails and, <laughs> and twitter responses but, i think it's good you just embrace it man it's a great phrase strong ass <laughs>
0: off whatever all right. Look, we all uh, we all travel a lot. We all fly a lot, and thus uh, I think we're all aware of this uh, phenomenon called the emotional support animal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, extremely the biggest against scam this. in air travel. Yeah, yeah. Totally ridiculous. We're literally moving livestock and stuff. Um, <laughs> this is my uh, chicken, my pet chicken. Um, I was completely <laughs> against this when the FAA went snowflake and started allowing it. Uh, but I will contend it has not been nearly as bad as I expected. Most of the dogs just sleep. However, recently a woman uh flying from Chicago to Omaha brought a horse onto a plane. Yes, a horse (laughs) onto a plane. An emotional support horse. (laughs) Stop it. True story. All right, is this like one of those mini horses or whatever? Yeah, it's a mini horse, okay. miniature horse named Flirty, Flirty, okay, Flirty, the mini <laughs> mini horse. Okay, <laughs> I don't know anything about horses other than how to bet on them, so I don't even know what this thing is. Is it? A, I mean, there's a picture. First off, Chicago to Omaha is like a seven hour drive. Like, do you really have to fly it if you have a horse? If you're that scared of flying that you need to bring Flirty the horse? just get in your damn car put it, put flirty in the back seat if you can. <laughs> I, this, I thing, <laughs> this is completely ridiculous but it, it did happen <laughs> I I, can't, I don't believe it happened I don't believe you flirt those pictures flirty here's the the Sun from the UK they're all over it there's pictures of flirty taking up two <laughs> spots and, it, and she posted of course about this this woman flirty and I took to the skies yesterday exclamation point uh, <laughs> I don't share your enthusiasm. <laughs> it was a great experience and I learned a lot. Oh, isn't that nice? That's sweet. Flirty was fantastic and handled it all like a pro. I mean, where was he? I mean, he, it's he's right in the aisle. He was in the, in the, he was you the, can't put him in the aisle. That's no, a safety no. hazard. No, you got to get the drink <laughs> card through. Like I, the rest the of horse. us who don't, if you get nervous, just drink more. You want a support group that'll never let you down? It's called a six pack.
2: That, that made that made my favorite moment of the year. Pat, Pat Forty, indignant that TSA violations occurred on a flight. Yeah.
1: Well, yes, horse-related ones. I am indignant. My God. Okay, so so she she did
0: say because my airport is smaller, the planes are smaller and don't have solid bulkheads. Oh yeah, it's it's the airport. Flirty couldn't help jostling the seat of the person in the last row of first class every time she moved. Of course not. She's a horse. (laughs) Once we got up to cruising altitude, she took a nap and was very quiet. She had to rebalance quite a bit while ascending and descending and kept bumping the back of their seat though, through the curtain quote unquote bulkhead. And there's pictures. The pilots are with this horse. This is absurd. So uh, I, I looked up uh, because why the hell not? Is this allowed? And first off, the U.S. Department of Transportation's uh, standards here are totally ridiculous. Pretty much anything goes. Well, clearly. Anything goes. <laughs> if you, you can get a damn horse on there. You are not allowed to turn down pretty much any animal. You can have as many. You can have more than one animal. You can have, if even if every, let's say every person on the flight brings a horse, they can't <laughs> deny them. I mean, this stuff's insane. They leave it up to the airline. Uh, American Airlines, these are the, quote, flying in the cabin requirements. They they do limit one emotional support slash <laughs> s- psychiatric service animal per person. Animal must be a cat or dog. And then in parentheses, trained miniature horses may be permitted as service animals. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, this is true. Animal. AA.com. I like always like the classes. <laughs> how many guys are like, oh man, I gotta look. Oh, I'll take a flight somewhere. Um <laughs> I've been drinking too much, I need a little help. Oh, well, just go to Mexico, that'll help. Um number three requirement: animal must be clean and well behaved. Well, it's a horse. How we how do you know the horse isn't gonna crap? <laughs> Animals must be able to fit at your feet under your seat or in your lap. Okay. That's where I'm having problems with the horse here. Flirty blows that out of the water. Lap <laughs> animals must be smaller than a two-year-old child. Flirty, I mean, this would be a massive two-year-old. <laughs> Shack
2: wasn't this big at two years old. So this is what I want to know, Dan. Like you know how like in uh, court cases they bring in expert witnesses and like got like doctors late in their careers make make a living like going up basically on the stand in trials and saying anything possible for a paycheck. Yeah. Whoever became the support animal like note writer is like a millionaire, right? <laughs> like like that person is living in Nantucket in the summer and Aruba in the winter, <laughs> and all they have to do because you have to like get some sort of special dispensation to get these uh, to get these animals. Not really. Like, no, you no? just got to say you need it. No U.S.
0: Department of this thing is. Re- Ridiculous. Transportation.gov. Proof that an animal is a service animal. Department Enforcement Office has long interpreted existing laws permitting airlines to seek credible verbal assurance that a passenger is an individual with a a disability and the animal is a service animal. There you go. Just
1: say Uh, you are. i just say I'm nuts. I need this. I need my emotional support, Anaconda, or whatever. Yeah, I need a (laughs) horse. I need a horse. That's just...
0: So uh, this is getting out of hand. The dogs are bad. (laughs) The little Paris Hilton dog. All right. It it didn't cause as much trouble as I thought. I was wrong. But I mean, I don't know how the hell, you know, a horse
2: isn't going to kick crap, you know, bite you. It's a horse. I don't know. Uh, is This is almost like the the seeds of a when animals attack. Like I, like we'll have seen it Take over the plane. Like people will look back what on am- this podcast as like a soothsayer when the, the support horse animal ends up attacking someone on a plane and it becomes a thing. Yeah, we, the, we saw it coming. It's going to attack the pilot crash. It's going to be like a terrorist attack by the animals. I'm telling
0: you,
1: they're thinking. They're thinking we're not. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Once again, our, our status is the prime species on Earth in jeopardy right yeah. here
0: not good um however i do will say this about uh like another one more animal story 250 pigs got loose in some town in vermont mm. 200 of them were piglets so that's <laughs> good luck catching them i guess a fired worker according to the pig farmer he's blaming this fired worker for cutting the fence so they all got out just pretty wow funny. yeah it's a way to get back i don't know whether that's true uh, the, the pig farmer has incurred 80 grand in fines because you get fined like you know, 50 bucks every time one of your animals is in the road. So (laughs) this town is overrun. But in in case we want to know that the pigs are really not that smart, uh, I'm sure you can bring a damn pig. Probably bring all 250 on the plane. Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. They got most of them back by luring them into capture by using hot dog buns. (laughs) Apparently, pigs love hot dog buns. Now, this is how my wife... Pigs can end
1: up inside of hot dog buns well that's
0: all i'm gonna get to but my wife <laughs> lures me to do like you know mow the lawn with hot a trail of hot dog buns i'm like hey what's going on over here huh? I mean, so i know this i feel your i feel you pigs but considering hot dogs are often pork
2: yeah.
0: how diabolical is it <laughs> that pigs like hot dogs this is <laughs> your coffin buddy <laughs> your coffin
2: I wonder if they were toasted like a good, like you know, (laughs) for the bun on the grill for a little bit. I think that upgrades the bun by like forty percent. Little butter on there. It's basically
1: you know know, the Grim Reaper. This is your future. This is where it ends for you, Betty. Right here. Who knew bread? Who knew? I will. Can I just? Every single person, if you're on a plane with me and you have an emotional support animal, just know there's a little thought bubble over my head saying, "I hate you."
2: Okay. Pat, you just need to throw that in one topic later, huh? He's still chapped about this horse thing. I am completely
1: (laughs) appalled by the horse situation.
2: So say, Pat, you're going to cover Notre Dame, Georgia in two weeks, and you get on your flight in Louisville, which, quite frankly, is one of the horse meccas of the world, and there's an emotional support horse on your flight. How would you react?
1: Oh, boy. Poorly. Very poorly. (laughs) That's for sure. I would need to stay on the flight because I got to get to Georgia, but – Oh, I'd, I'd have to say something if it's a horse. I, it's like, you know what? That's like, I would, I would say there's an Elmo's factory in your future. Oh, little horse. <laughs> what if the horse was like American Pharaoh or Justify or something like that? <laughs> well, that would be cool. Except there's really no way that horse is fitting on a plane. And they fly better than we do anyway. And those equine jets. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, let's get to the
0: race for the case. We didn't really jump out uh, to a stellar week here on the race. Not much of a race. It's a potato sack race going on here. <laughs> Pete Thamel, race. Pete yeah. Thamel, three and three last week. Uh, I went three and three. Pat, two and four. Uh, so you're in last place.
1: <laughs> I was right. victimized by one backdoor disaster after another. There's a lot Terrible. of a lot of bad beats going down, man. Those, those guys
2: yeah. who set those lines, you know, every year we get reminded. They kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. Like it. It's scary, really. It yeah, those scary. guys are good at their jobs. We are definitely not as good at our jobs. <laughs> how do you there. know that
0: Bo Nix is going to throw with nine seconds left <laughs> instead <laughs> of kicking the field goal? Like, how, this is what <laughs> yeah. drives me crazy. Like, it's absurd. Right. Unpredictable. That, that was
1: a ridiculous cover. Stanford, you know, sack fumble with 10 seconds left. Touchdown, oh, yeah. ridiculous cover. That was a good one. You know, I mean, I, that's <laughs> this is why we, we can talk about betting, but this is why I don't bet. Yeah, I don't oh, bet. Oh, I never bet. Oh,
0: God. Yeah, don't bet. So don't take these picks worth anything. But here you go, because it's a good segment. Race for the case. Uh, Cincinnati at Ohio State. Bearcats coming off the big UCLA victory. Uh, Ohio State just bludgeoned Florida Atlantic or something. I don't know what. It was up 40 zip or something at one point. I don't know how that finished. Uh, Ohio State is giving 16 and a half. Battle of Ohio. Let's do this. High noon on ESPN.
1: Pat 40, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I would feel a lot better if it was 17 and a half and you get that uh, that extra cushion there. Uh, but I'll take the Bearcats. I was at the Cincinnati-UCLA game. I didn't think Cincinnati played all that well, and they still won handily. Left a lot of points on the board. And, I, you know, Ohio State just they had their way with a, a team that, that was not very good and very error-prone, I thought. A lot of assignment busts from Florida Atlantic from what I saw that Cincinnati's probably not going to make. So... I think Cincinnati's players are going to be better coached in better positions. They had an extra two days here to prepare, and it's a big game for the Bearcat guys, probably a lot of whom were not recruited by Ohio State. They want to go up there and show something, so they at least cover. All right. Pete? You know, interesting game. Luke Fickle bring, you know, sort of like the consummate
2: Buckeye of the last generation as a player and then as, an, as a GA assistant coach, defensive coordinator, etc. was around for a couple national titles, brings the Bearcats back. Luke's done a really nice job. In Cincinnati, they were eleven and two last season. He's really built an identity. Luke's an old wrestler. They're they're a tough. They're kind of a tough gang. So there'll be a cool, emotional sort of component to all this um, ah. with him returning. My favorite detail of the Luke Fickle story is that his wife Amy went to was State. She actually lived in the stadium. There used to be an honors dorm in the stadium, and she lived mm. there. That said, wait, that's uh, where they put the honors dorm. That's where the honors dorm was. It was the ah. honors dorm was in the stadium. Amy Fickle told me this herself. <laughs> This is what I that love
0: works. Ohio. So Ohio Stadium is like my favorite stadium. It's like all sorts of weird, like, yeah, there's just stuff there. I, you know, just oh, like yeah, weird angles and nooks and cranny, huh? They put the
2: smartest
1: yeah. kids in the school
2: football <laughs> in the stadium. It's a very
1: Ohio State thing to do. How about yes. that? All right. Yes.
2: All that said, I'm taking the Buckeyes. 16 and a half isn't enough. I think they went a little. They went up 28 nothing in their first four possessions, which took about six minutes against FAU. And I think that they went a little vanilla after that. I've seen enough from Justin Fields. I thought he threw the ball pretty well. It, you know, he has a ways to go. He was not going to roll out of bed and be Dwayne Haskins, and we uh, and we knew that. But I think Cincinnati's going to struggle to score a little bit, and I think Ohio State will. Uh, you know, like like a 27-10 is a very reasonable, uh, very reasonable, reasonable score here. Yeah. Like Cincinnati this year. I'm with, I'm with Pete on this. Ohio State. I just think they got too
0: much. It would have to be more in the twenties for me to uh, start thinking about Cincinnati here. Buckeyes over Bearcats, uh, fairly big. Talked uh, a little about this game earlier. A and M visits Clemson 17 and a half, 330 Saturday on ABC. A very exciting game. We'll start with you, Pete,
2: this time. Who do you got? I'm going to take A and M to cover here. I, uh, I think this will be a little bit lower scoring than people think. I think defensive defensively, A&M has the talent and the athletes to slow down that surreal collection of receivers that uh, that, that Clemson has. And I think Kellen Monch will be able to move the ball a little bit now. And uh, I, I think... Considering what AM was able to do last year to Clemson's defense, they scored twenty-six. They kept in the game. They were, you know, as Pat mentioned earlier, kind of a controversial call away from uh, taking a run at that thing. I, I think Em's, Clemson hangs around and this thing ends up like 31-20.
1: Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Clemson here. I think these are the kind of games this program now really lives for, gets up for, and not just comes to win, but comes to dominate, if we as we saw at the end of last year. I mean, they are on a run right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11 straight wins by 20 or more points. I mean, they are killing people. So, home game, a lot of excitement because, yeah, the rest of the schedule's not that threatening. So, I think that Clemson is amped and Clemson comes out and plays better than they did in the opener and wins big. I, I really
0: will not be surprised if this is a close game. I really think AM could step up and make this thing big. I, I think such a great game for A&M, but I am holding to a gambling rule. I am not going to bet against Trevor Lawrence in Clemson. Okay. There's a certain, it's like betting against Tom Brady in Super Bowl is not a good idea. Like he's just too good there. It's, they can put so many points on the board. So I am going to go with Clemson at home and but i i won't be stu- i wouldn't bet this i won't bet any of them but um yeah uh i would uh wouldn't bet this i just but i i, I wouldn't be shocked if AM makes it a game but i'm not betting against uh, i'm not going to sit there on saturday afternoon going why in the world did i bet against this guy at home <laughs> against a team what they go 7 and 6 last year or something like that not going to happen all right army at michigan this is a, a intriguing game for a couple reasons michigan is giving 23 points to this Army, uh, fantastic team. Uh, last year, one of the best in, in recent school history, certainly. They're pretty darn good in World War II. <laughs> Not just the, the actual military, <laughs> but their football teams also. Uh, Army, altogether has had some good days. But, so, big trap game for Michigan. You know, what happened? Can, can, Michigan needs to win this thing to keep uh, a big season going. And then there's this Army bit where, look at this Army schedule. OK, they, they beat Rice 14-7. OK, not much, but they get Michigan. If they beat Michigan, they're, they're then playing San Antonio, Morgan State, Tulane, Western Kentucky, Georgia State, San Jose State, Air Force, UMass, Virginia Military, Hawaii and Navy. That's their that's their, their thing. No, none of the good teams. Everyone's scared of Army. Michigan's playing them, but where more teams should play Army. They could run the table. And I'm, I'm kind of would love to see what the hell happens if Army's sitting there at the end and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be the big we're going to reveal the playoff race we're going to pick and they still haven't played Navy like uh, talk about the ultimate wrench like how do you just discount an undefeated army team. Um <laughs> Uh, and they've beaten Michigan at Michigan. Like, if they do that. And, like, you know, Trump will be on that bandwagon. He'll be claiming credit for it. Like, it will be like, you know, that, that playoff committee could have a tough deal where they are got to be like, yeah, good job, Army, tap you on the head. Like, this is the Army. Man, we all root for Army. So, kind of like to see them uh, beat Michigan. What do, what do you think, Pete,
2: uh, on this game? You know, I, I think that the, the one thing that Army does that I think is one of the most interesting things is that they're going to limit the game. And they're going to limit possessions. Now, Michigan's playing a style and a tempo. And I, I didn't see much of their uh, middle Tennessee State game, thankfully. But um, it, where they went up tempo, and I, and I saw that uh, Jim Harbaugh was quoted saying it worked perfectly. The new offense worked perfectly. Well, Army can test that if you only have six possessions throughout the game. So I think 23 is a big number. I, I watched a good bunch of Army and Rice because I'm sort of sadistic and diabolical. And Army did not look good. Thought Rice was a little bit better than than I thought they would be, maybe than they thought they would be, but uh, I, I think at this point Army can stay within three touchdowns of uh, of Michigan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna root for America in this game.
1: <laughs> so you're basically setting us up that if we go with Michigan, we're un American.
2: Correct. What you're saying. Yes. Okay. All right. And you 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 may take a horse on your next flight. Yeah. That's how
1: <laughs> that's how soft you got. You now need yeah. an emotional support horse. <laughs> oh boy, I'm I'm really torn because Pete, what you said. I agree with, I mean, just the, the, the game can be so short with Army that that you can you can be the better team, but you don't get enough, enough possessions to rack up enough points, ask Oklahoma last year. But, I, boy, I did not like what I saw from Army against Rice. I, I don't care if Rice is better, Rice is still Rice. And Michigan, with the Don Brown defense, is all about we're just going to get up in the box and we're going to get in your face and we're stopping the run and we'll go from there. And if you stop the run against Army – you, you stop Army. So I'm going to say Michigan has the athletes uh, on, the, on the outside to to score and has the defense to stop what Army does, and so I am taking Michigan and laying the points. All right. Put Vlad Putin down here for Michigan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Vlad Putin with my little pony in the in his <laughs> <eye>
1: car. <laughs> Flirty. Flirty's with
2: me.
0: Flirty, is, <laughs> Flirty would totally pick Michigan.
2: <laughs> Flirty
0: the horse. Sad. What a sad name for a horse, too. Terrible. I am taking uh, Army. I watched the Michigan game, and uh, I did not think that offense was perfect. Coach Harbaugh knows more football than I do, but I did not see perfection. Perfection's two hundred twenty-two to zero. Uh, I think Army can limit limit this, limit possessions, and keep it keep it tight. And 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 the, the this game is like around Michigan. The fans are terrified of this game. And I think, like, if it doesn't start going well early, the mood at the big house will be just panic because they're like, if we lose this, like, everything's going to – like, there's so much put into this game. I know it's just Army, but there's like every single Michigan talking point of every fan all year is like, well, we got to get by that Army game. Got to get by that Army game. I just think there'll be panic if Army kind of marches down and scores and stops them somehow, and also it's the second quarter. So I'm taking Army in that one. All right, LSU giving five at Texas – Longhorns, home dog, 7.30 Eastern time, ABC, half of Central Texas will be drunk. Pat Forty, what do you think?
1: Uh, you know what? Home dog, I like this situation for Tom Herman. I liked what I saw from LSU in the first game, but I also thought, I thought Texas was pretty good in the first game too. I, I think it's, a, it's it sets up. It's right in, in Herman's comfort zone. He's got a good team. Uh, LSU may be a little bit overconfident in terms of uh, – what it thinks it can do offensively. So give me the horns and give me the points in Daryl K. Royal Memorial stadium.
2: Well, I hate to actually have done research. And again, we're talking about football. So we're going against all our podcast tenants here, but uh, Tom Herman as an underdog against the spread eight, two and one. And there is an element of Tom Herman where if you look back at his short head coaching career, he has gotten up for big games. You look at the two Louisville games when he was at Houston, the Oklahoma game to open up that season in 16. You look at the Georgia game in the bowl last year, the Oklahoma regular season shootout last year. Uh, Tom Herman has uh, has flashed. And I do think there's part of him that sort of relishes this uh, role of being an underdog. So I am going to take the Longhorns straight up. Twenty eight, twenty seven.
0: A home dog at night, man. You don't you don't turn that down. Okay, cool. Hook them. Texas is going to take this. <laughs> Great game, though. Great game. Uh, all right, Stanford at USC. The USC season is, uh, you know, in uh, in disarray already. Obviously, they they held on Fresno State last week, but injury to JT Daniels puts them in in a in a tough spot going forward. I don't know how that affects. Like, what if they go like seven and five or something like that. Without him like then, can you fire Clay Helton when you lose your quarter? Like, does that affect? Sure, this? you can. Sure, yeah, you can. I'm sure, you can yes. fire him anyway. But is that how does that play it out? That's obviously a crushing injury to a team that did not need a crushing industry in uh injury. uh Anyway, Stanford's coming to town, but USC is favored by two and a half. Late game, ten thirty, ESPN.
1: Get drunk with the Trojans. Well, this is tricky because not not only is J T. Daniels injured but we don't know whether K.J. Costello's going to play the quarterback for Stanford after he was absolutely cheap-shotted to the face in a call that was not targeting. It's just the dumbest no-call already of the season. We don't know if he's out. He did not play the second half, whether he has a concussion, if he's, if he's on the shelf. Davis Mills, who backed him up, was bad for Stanford in that game. And Stanford's best offensive lineman, and I believe only returning starting offensive lineman, Walker Little, injured leg could be serious. I don't know whether he's going to play. So, I there's major injuries on both sides of this, you know. I boy, antithetically, I'm going to take USC. So, I made a mistake
2: last week. I'm just here to admit it. Remember, I, like, tried to talk myself into taking Fresno because I liked them so much better than USC, but I just, no, I took USC. And you guys mocked me in real time and said, wait a minute, you just ripped on USC for, like, a two-minute spiel and then took them as 13-half-point favorite. So I was wrong. So I now vow and promise that for the rest of the Clay Helton era, the precious weeks we have remaining that i will not (laughs) pick usc no matter how much how many points they're getting how much they're favored by where the game is what the weather's going to be what the other team's injury situation is nope no more usc no more clay Helton. i understand pat made salient points about stanford there but you are gonna have the same regret i did last week pat 40 and you can already feel it in your stomach i know it oh yeah
1: it's possible i mean yeah the idea of of riding with usc is kind of nauseating but Especially the
2: way he managed the end of that game against Fresno. My God.
1: That was a fireball offense. A man has got to have a code. I, I, I'm, good job, Pete.
2: I like that.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm taking Stanford. I think they'll, I mean, getting points, Uh, better coach, better. I just, I just take uh, Stanford. All right. Quickly, lock of the week. Something we haven't done. We get five. uh, This is the sixth one. Lock of the week. Pete, who is your lock of the week?
2: You know, I emailed it to you guys and I don't remember who I took. Oh, I took UCF. Yeah, GF, I can GF. tell you. Getting yeah, getting not only do I not read your emails, I don't even read the ones I send. Your um, own
0: email, yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. It wasn't a trick question. <laughs> I didn't do Pat
0: first because he didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, you'd be more prepared and i give Pat forty-five This is how the show works, everyone. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you think this easily yeah. in the host. Yeah. Not easy. These no. two, all right. How, how the show I works is I look UCF. at my phone and
2: there's like yeah. 27 texts in the group text, and I just hit the button so I don't have to look at the yeah. 27. Yeah. I should read later, but oftentimes I don't. Yeah, UCF uh, they have to beat FAU by 10 and a half. FAU stinks. This is easy. UCF's going to win this game by 30.
0: That's pretty good one. I, I really don't get what like is the home deal like yeah. at FAU really like is that going you gonna... just
2: don't roll into Boca Raton, Dan, <laughs> and come out with a win. <laughs> They're gonna wave their Afghans. I am a little the, jealous. You got that one. Players.
1: You got that one. All right, Pat, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I am going with Tulane getting eighteen against Auburn. I think Auburn's gonna be flat after the big emotional, dramatic victory uh, over Oregon. Tulane was good. They destroyed mm-hmm. Florida International, which was a pretty good team. Uh, and so Willie Fritz, I think, gets it going, and they at least they they keep it close. They scare Auburn. They do not win, but they cover the eighteen. All right,
0: I am taking the Ohio Bobcats. I think they're going to win the MAC for the first time in like 40 years. Usually the best team in the MAC is capable or springs a Power 5 upset. They are getting five points at Pittsburgh. It's not a great home environment. Panthers don't look that good. Uh, I, think, I think this is uh, – I, I could take Ohio to win this thing outright even. Um, mm. Yeah, we're rolling it's in. The,
2: the Nathan Rourke bus, stand. Frank started.
0: Solich, the oldest coach in, a, in college football now. Now that Snyder, re- finally retired. Um, yeah. Big year for Ohio. And uh, I think they're going to, they're going to bang it out and it'll be the big, wow, hey, look at this. Cause it, that, that's where that little Mac, the Mac victory is usually against a struggling <laughs> mediocre. What's that? What's the tight end coach at Pittsburgh? We got to, we need oh, an update on him. Yeah. yeah.
1: We got to talk to oh, him. The guy yeah. that avoided Tim, going Tim home Tim so could, him, to do his, to do stuff. He,
0: he wouldn't go home. His wife needs to, yeah. to, to put hot dog, Hot dog buns (laughs) from the stadium. Lure him out. Lure him out of the
1: stadium. They only
0: pass the tight end like two games a a (laughs) week. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll monitor the pit pan. I can't say I watch a lot of pit panther this week. But I will now when Ohio beats them. So we'll go with that. All right. Thanks for listening to this nonsense uh, all the way through. You can follow us on Twitter at Dan Wetzel, at Yahoo 40, at Pete Thamel, at Yahoo Sports CFP be subscribe to the podcast write a review rate us if you're going to give us five stars if you're not don't rate us we don't want to hear from you i don't really want to i'm not going to read the reviews if they're good or i'm definitely not reading if they're bad other than that keep listening spread the word please uh we are soaring on the charts and face it this is the best college podcast going but we need your assistance so we will uh be back monday with major overreactions to whatever mayhem occurs this weekend take care guys